ಓಂ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಗುರುದೇವಾಯ ದೇವಿ ಮತ್ರಿಕ್ಷ ಮಂಗಳ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಭಕ್ತ ಬೃಂದೇವಿಯೋ ಸರ್ವಲೋಕಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಓಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಯ ಚರ್ಮಸ್ವರ್ವಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರೂಪಿಣಿ ಅವತಾರ ವರಿಷ್ಠಾಯ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಓಂ ಸದಾಶಿವ ಸಮಾರಂಭಂ ಶಂಕರಚಾರಮಜಮಶ್ಮರಚಾರ ಪ್ರಾಯಂತಂ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಂ ಪರಂಪರಂ ಗುರು ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರುರು ವಿಷ್ಣುರು ಗುರುದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುರೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಭದ್ರಕಾಳ್ಯೇ ನಮೋ ನಿತ್ಯಂ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ವೀರವೀರಂಗ ವೀರಂಗ ವಿಜಸ್ಥಾನವೇವೇಶ ಶಾರದ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಭುವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ದೇವಿ ಕೀ ಜಯ So, continuing our discussions on the Devi Bhagavatam, from the Devi Gita, from the Srimad Devi Bhagavatam. Uh, we are on chapter one, and we're moving slowly through it, verse by verse, almost word by word, concept by concept, for the most part. And we are now on verse twenty uh, after seven meetings, so it's a hard, <laughs> so we're going carefully through. And uh, we're using the, primarily using the translation by... Um, um, uh c mckenzie brown uh was was but informing informing that translation with other translators and and our own understanding of the verses as far as we can figure them out to try to um unpack them and even the term we're unpacking them meaning we believe there's a lot pack, packed in them right and so and some some verses just say what they say right the simple meaning we're we're treating the, these verses as being dense right and we believe i mean we're i think we're justified in this and uh, ancient translators like nilakanta and other people who've worked on these verses and 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 they tried to explain these verses or engage them um have also felt that that almost every word has some meaning that it's everything there's a lot of um um there's the overt meaning there's subtle meaning there's references to other parts of its own text as well as to the larger shakta and panishadic and gita traditions the idea that it is uh, that it's connected to other parts of its own text is also very important that's the primary way when you're inter- trying to um um discover what a verse means you look the, where it's where it's found in the text itself and today itself what we will find there's a references to a to a, a practice called the devi yagna right and we can imagine oh i'm even know when i was beginning my notes trying or to organize my nose with Devi Yagna as a general, and even Mackenzie Brown, generally we can say about, you know, sacrifice to the Devi, but actually it's a reference to a major theme in the Devi, uh, Shrima Devi Bhagavatam. The Devi Yagna is a thing mentioned in the Devi Bhagavatam. So we can look for its commentary and, and, and its, and its um, uh, um, explanation from the larger text itself. We don't have to go searching or Our, our, our own mental Rolodex of, 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 of Shakta ideas to try to explain it. We can use the text itself, so we'll, we'll do that today. <clears throat> the previous um, verses, um, the, uh, the gods, all right, something's come up on my, something's come up on my screen. Ah. The gods, uh, um, due to the death of Thati, Uh, uh, and the inauspicious act was created. A demon, an inauspicious act was left in her wake of her disappearance. Shiva has gone off to the Himalayas to meditate on her essential nature. Sati is no longer exempt in the world. Sabagya, the auspiciousness of life, has left the gods with the death of Sati. 
in that vacuum of power, another a great demon has come up, a great tyrant of a uh, tyrant of, of 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 the of this world, as well as our inner tyrant that can come up when we let our guard down and we don't feel connected to the mother. So, a demon Tadakasura has come up. He has a boon of from Lord Brahma that only the son of Shiva can kill him. Shiva has no son. What to do? The gods go to Vishnu. Vishnu tells them, go immediately to Devi. That's where we left off. That's a summary of the Devi Gita thus far. And the beautiful verses uh, where Vishnu says that the Devi, why are you in anxiety? She, the, the, the supreme goddess Bhuvaneshwari is right now in Manidweep. Manidweep is Amaz, the goddess's highest heaven, as well as every being within our heart, above our head. We gave many references to that. But Manidweep is, but she exists in Manidweep. She's a wish fulfilling tree. Anything, find her and your wishes will be satisfied. The immediate wish is the immediate emergency need, right? We have to also consider right now, even our world right now is an emergency mode in many, for many people, right? We have general things, general themes that we want, what we want in life, our spiritual aspirations, but sometimes an emergency comes up. And that's our aspiration. We have to deal with the emergency at hand. So their emergency at hand is this demon is taking taken over. So they need they they want to pray to Ma that that she be born as uh, be born again, um, and uh, marry Shiva, have a son that will kill this great demon, and thus save the world once again as the saviors of the world. Baba Tarani, the saviors, saviors of the world. <clears throat> so they go to Vishnu, and Vishnu tells them, "Let's go to Devi." And we give a few interpretations of who Vishnu is in the story, right? Vishnu is the, the, is the word Vishnu itself is understood to be consciousness, comes from the term all-pervading, Vishwa, like this. Um, so it's consciousness itself. And then we say that sometimes we can also ask our own self. We can ask our inner self, right? Vishnu can represent that. But here, now we have to, that's, that's one swipe. Today we'll give an, a slightly different swipe to that asking Vishnu. In this story, Vishnu is like the guru, they find themselves in a spiritual crisis or a personal crisis or a spiritual crisis, different ways to interpret it, right? And they go to, a, to somebody who has higher knowledge, right? So they go to the guru. Of course, Vishnu being the guru and Vishnu also representing consciousness is important because in the script, in the Vaishnava scriptures, there's this term called Cheta Guru. Cheta Guru means the inner guru or consciousness as guru, something like this, right? The, and so we actually have the guru within, within us. So you can imagine, and, and, and those texts, it says Vishnu as super soul, as Paramatma, is within our heart, screaming instructions to us, right? But we are, we do not pay attention to him. We don't, not that we don't pay, some, some of us don't pay, I mean, many of us, okay, no, let me, let me change that. I don't always pay attention to him. I don't want to, again, accuse you of my own short, shortcomings. We don't, we don't always pay attention to him. But sometimes, even if, if we try to, we can't. We don't know how to hear and we don't know his voice right? The still small voice, right? We can't always hear it. We're not trained to hear it. Maybe we're not tuned to hear it. Maybe it's at a frequency that's not our frequency, right? And so uh, uh, um, that still small voice, that voice of consciousness, our own consciousness, our own conscience and our own consciousness, our higher intelligence made us, the sage made us in the Devi Bhagavad, in the Devi Mahatmyam, um, um, appears externally as the Bahirga, uh, the external guru. Right, the inner guru, which is our own consciousness, within the super soul, within the soul, the super soul within the heart, right, appears externally, as if or really, right, and in, in the person of the guru or in the tradition of the guru, 
right? And so we get we we can get the spiritual knowledge that can come within, or that same spiritual knowledge can come from without. And you can see this is I don't want you have us be habituated to judge our gurus, right? I don't want to make a list of, of things a way to judge gurus. But if the guru is the one who who is ex external externalization of our innermost being, our innermost consciousness, and the guru gives instruction that goes completely against your innermost being. That's not a good sign. It should be the voice, not always comfortable voice, right? We don't always want to listen to our innermost being, right? That's that's Tarakasuda and the whole mess, right? Uh, but it, it, he, the, the guru unfolds the the, the the knowledge that 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 is that is should unfold the knowledge of our own nature, right? Not somebody else's nature or something against our nature. So it's a so sometimes we we can sometimes get caught in traditions. And in groups and in, in relationships where every day we get further from our own nature, you know. Of course, our inner nature is not the same thing as just the way our personality is firing. So we shouldn't be too, too um, shouldn't use our our externalmost aspect of our personality to judge spiritual knowledge. But I think in, you know the what I'm trying to say, there's some danger. Guru represents our inner being, so the guru is completely against our inner being. There's a problem, right? So, uh, so Vishnu isn't such a guru. Vishnu literally is the, the, the conscious, the supreme consciousness itself. He is sattva guna itself, right? So, and being sattva guna, that's important, right? That we need a, to hear the spiritual voice. It's a sattvic voice. It's a it's a quiet voice. We need to become sattvic. So maybe that goes back to the idea of tuning, of catching the right frequency. Right to hear, like so, so we go. So they went to Vishnu, who in, in this story is is acting as a guru and will give spiritual advice. His spiritual advice is: she's right here, she's right now. She can solve your problems. Our problems are is because we're not paying attention to her, and as a result, it seems that she's not paying attention to us. But she is ever awake. Remember these verses, right? Uh, let us go to her. Uh, let's go to her quickly. So the guru does not just say, "Let's go to her." Right, the guru says, "Let us go to her." Right, it's by his own example, her own example, their own example. Right. Um, <clears throat> so we'll start with verse twenty. Let me get my notes on verse twenty. I'm still at verse six in my notes. So there we are. Let me do the share screen. That's come. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Verse 20, Devi Gita, chapter 1, verse 20. Ityadisha suran saravan maha vishnu swajayaya samyukto nirja gamasu devahi saha sura deepaha. So, Ityadisha. Here at the Adisha, iti Adisha. Thus, this Adisha is. We have a term in the Sadhu community when we we're discussing this, this earlier today, trying to understand which word meant which, trying so we can meditate on it nicely. Um, um, and Adisha here means like instruction or command or in, to enjoined, right? Having said, but in the Sadhu tradition, we have a term Adish, Adesh. Adesh, Samaji, Adesh. And and um and the not sampradaya, the not yogis, that's the way they greet each other, Adesh. Right? Or the way you you greet the guru, Adesh, 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 or another sadhu, Adesh. Adesh means give me instruction. 
command me, right? In my in in our Mexican family, you know, uh, my, when when my father would say something, my mom would say, "Monday, tell me, or command me." It was not any. It was not a. It was just. It was a, the the. It was the etiquette, not a an a, a, an unreasonable displacement of power. It was just. I just remember that uh, that when I started hearing Sadhu say Adesh to each other, it was. I, I thought it was similar to what I grew up with was this Monday. And even we sometimes do that. Somebody says some things, just tell me, or you know, it's like you know, it's like you know, you know, you give me instruction or give me inform me. So Adesh Adesh instruction. We call it Guru Adesh. Um, um, uh, uh, some in the Guru tradition, the Saudi tradition also, we, we say, oh, that, that, that I'm, why am I doing this? Why am I living here? Why am I in this service? Because my Guru gave me an Adesh. He's given me an instruction. And so I've taken that instruction as my life work to satisfy that instruction. Right? Uh, um, so that's sometimes, you know, Sadhus get sent someplace, you know, to this ashram or this center or to do this work. That's Guru Adesh, I'm following my Guru's instruction. That's okay for big things and, and, and managing of an ash, ashrams and things like this. But Guru Adesh really is the instruction of Guru of Ansadana. That's really Guru Adesh, not just, you know, behavior things and services for the ashram like this. What is the, um, uh, so Guru, so Adesh Adisha, the Guru's instruction. So thus enjoining here, Anjath enjoining, or thus having said, having given this instruction, Right. What was the instruction? Go to Devi. Right. So they go to Devi. So so you'd think what you what you do if you go to Devi, you'd where, where is she? She's in Manipura right now. Right. But they don't go to Manipur, right? The jeweled island. Because it's not easy to get to Manipur, the jeweled island, right? You have to get to a place from which you can get to Manipur. There's a I remember an old commercial, funny, funny commercial, and you know, somebody drives up asking for instructions. In, uh, directions pulls up and some uh, townsman comes out and says, "Where are you heading?" I'm trying to such a village. Oh, you can't get there from here, right? So some places you can't you can't you can't get to a place from everywhere, right? You have to get to a place where you can get to where you're going from. So this is what happens. So it says, "Thus enjoining uh, all the gods." Uh, um, Suran means gods. Right and uh, 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 um, Sarvan Sarvan means all so all the gods. Right. Okay. Uh, um, so, so Suran Sarvam, all the gods. But not just the gods, the guru went with, with them, right? Maha Vishnu, the great Vishnu, right? Maha Vishnu is a, one of the classic names for God, for, for Vishnu. Maha uh, Ityadisha Sudan Sarvam, Maha Vishnu Svajayaya. And so we were struggling with this term, right? And it seems to be, and just by looking at three translations that we have, four translations that we have, all of them say, along with his wife, along or, or Swami Vigyananda is more explicitly, along with, with, with Lakshmi, right? So Swajaya must mean the, the, the uh, one's own, Swa means one's own. So somehow or another, that word is a, is a term for, must be a term. It's the only term that doesn't fit, that we, we're not so familiar with, along with one's wife, right? Or their Shakti or their uh, consort, something like this. Or maybe it's a name for, 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 for Lakshmi, I'm not sure. But not uh, not clear to me. 
Swami Vigyanananda says, thus are ordering the devas, Vishnu with his consort Lakshmi and the other devas quickly went out to worship Devi. So what is that? So Samyukto, right? Uh, I'm sorry. Nirjagama uh, means went out, they went. Ashu, quickly. Devahi, Devahi, the gods, right? What do they do? And Saha, along with. So Sura, uh, Sura Dipaha, Sura Dipaha, the Lord of. Sura means gods. Adipa means Lord or Master, foremost. So here, Vishnu is described here as foremost of the gods, right? That's his title. Or usually we think very often you'll see that Suradipa, um, um, Suradipaha sometimes refers to Indra, as Indra is a foremost of the gods, as a king of the gods. But here it seems that this is reference, I mean, it's, it's, it's pointing towards Vishnu. So Vishnu, all the gods, hearing this instruction, all the gods, accompany, uh, accompany, Maha Vishnu, along with his wife, accompany and all the gods, all go to uh, set forth immediately. Where do they go to Manadweep? They're, they're trying to get to Manadweep, to the jeweled island of the Devi. But, uh, uh, so uh, they go to, to, to do some worship to, to, to get to a place where they go to Manadweep. Let's see where they go. Verse uh, 21, the next verse. Ajagama Mahashailam Himavantam Nagadipam. Let's start with that. Ajagama Mahashailam. Ajagama means they came. Where did they where did they go? Here it's like they came to a place by saying they last verse they went somewhere. Here it's saying they came to a place. So it's just slight shift in perspective, right? Mahashailam. Mahashailam. Maha means great or big. Right and Shaila, Shaila means we get the word. Maybe you know, maybe you have a shalagram Shila, means a stone emblem of Vishnu, a form of Vishnu. So Shaila is related to that. Maha Shaila means the great rock. Right. So this is a name, a traditional one of the names of the Himalayas. Right. Different mountains are Shailams, and 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 Maha Shaila is the Himalayas. And then the next line says the, the Himalaya, Himavantam, the great mountain. The great uh, Himalayas. There's many mountains. Himalayas is the greatest mountain. Or uh, I think he translated the rocky crag because Maha Shailam means big rocks or big rock. So he's translated as like the Himalaya, which is full of big rocks. That could be a way of thinking it. But Maha Shailam is sometimes just the name for a great mountain or a name for the Himalayas, the great mountain, the Himalayas. Right. So we do know, we know how the story ends up. So this is a unique uh, uh, viewpoint. That, so we know what's going to happen, right? We know that eventually the Devi will appear, offer them a boon, and the boon is that she'll be born as Parvati. We know that because opening verses is how did what happened? I'll tell you. Eventually, Sati took rebirth as Parvati, as a son of the, as a daughter of the Himalayas. So it's not. So we we know the reader knows, right? More than the gods, Vishnu know. Right, but so we're being told up front what the words mean, right? Because she's going to be born in the Himalayas, right? 
So she's going to be born as the daughter of the Himalayas. Parvati, Parvati literally means the daughter of Parvat, means mountain. It's like Mahashaila means mountain. Parvat also means mountain, right? So here we're getting told at, at the upfront, they went, where did they go? They went to the Himalayas. What's going to happen? The Devi is going to appear in the Himalayas and not only appear in the Himalayas where they're going, she's going to be born in the Himalayas as the daughter of the Himalaya, the Himalaya personified. Right, so it's there in the in the very verses. So I think it's always interesting that when you we, we're we're told the outcome before the characters are told, right? So obviously we're being told that it's not, it's not a mystery novel where we don't know till the end, right? We don't know till the character we don't know who did it until the characters know who did it until the the detective knows who did it, right? We're told up front because we're not meant to miss these. This is my interpretive stance, right? We're not meant to miss these clues. Right. And therefore, we can, if, if we're told up front, they went to the Himalayas because she's going to be born as the daughter of the Himalayas. Right. Then we have to think, what does that mean? Right. We're being told up front and we're being encouraged, I think, to, to, to unpack what that means. Right. So the Himalayas could be many different things. What are the Himalayas? The Hima, Parvati, the daughter of the Himalayas, many we've interpreted, many have yogis have interpreted from a yogic perspective, is that the this body itself is considered um, uh, Parvat, the mountain, right? And the central peak of the Himalayas, the mystical mountain, Mount Meru, right? At the topmost peak of Mount Meru is called Kailash, with the abode of, Vish, of Shiva, right? But Mount Meru has been interpreted, right, as, um, or has been equated with, or identified in, in by yogis um, as the spine or the shushumna. We call that merudanda, right? The stick, the, the central staff, right? It's also a mountain and the, the highest peak of the Himalayas is Mount Meru. Mount Meru is the spine or the, the spine is, is the merudanda, but more subtly it's the shushumna, which means, so that's one thing that the, the, the Mount Meru is the spine, the topmost peak of Mount Meru, would be the top of the spine. Top of the spine is our skull or a head or a brain, but that's it. But yogis understand it to be even above that, the top of the head, right? The, the, the merudanda goes all the way up. And then above that, where Mount, where, Mount, where, uh, where, where Kailash really is, is the top of the head. This is the abode of Shiva, right? The highest mountain, right? So if Mount Meru is the highest peak, if Mount Meru is the top of the head, what is the mountain then? The whole mountain is the body. The Parvat, right? The Mahashailam, this great rock, the earth element, our, our earth element. Not just our body, personally, it's our body, but our body is just part of the earth element that we identify with, right? We identify with this body because this is, we think this is ours. The mom and mom, the, the, the I and mine are so connected because we think this is ours, we think this is me. We identify with it, right? And we've used this example before that if you're driving in a, if I'm driving in my little Honda and somebody crashes into me, I'll get, hey, you hit me, right? And, and, and where if somebody, if somebody hits another car, I don't feel like I've been hit. If they hit me, if somebody punches me, you say, why'd you hit me? Don't touch me. If somebody touches my car, don't, and you say, you hit me, right? If I had a limousine or a bus and they hit, and, and I was in the front and the back bumper is 60 feet behind, and somebody hits me, I come out, you hit me, right? Because I identify with it. So the 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 point is that the 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 parvat, the mouth is the, the we consider this as us, and therefore this is our body. But 
Parvat is the material element, the material world, right? The, the, the external gross manifestation, the, the final from earth, from ether to water, to air, to fire, to water, to earth, whether it goes down through the chakras, uh, astrally or uh, psychically in the yoga and tantric tradition, but we can also just think of the elements from the most subtle to the gross. Earth means gross. Earth means solid, it means foundational. I mean, you can't get, can't fall off the ground. You can't fall off the earth. It's, this is as far as you go, right? So from that most gross, within the most gross, within the body, within, within our body and within the earth element, there is, she's going to be born. We know that ahead of time, right? We're told that before verse one of this, right? Um, she's going to be born. Actually, in the whole previous story, he mentions it before we even get to the Gita, the story of, of uh, stating that's going to be mentioned, right? So again, we have to understand this interpretation that, that where do they go? In the story, we can think, oh, they went to the Himalayas to do austerity, to get a vision of the Divine Mother so that, she, so that they, she can, they can ask for her boon, that she'll be born as Parvati, to kill, to marry Shiva, to have a child as Kartikeya, who at six days old will kill Tarakasura and thus end their suffering, and the whole world's suffering. And we hope that happens. It does happen. I'm also telling you that. We know that part too, as a story form, right? But They go to the Himalayas. I've been to the Himalayas. <laughs> I suggest you go to the Himalayas. You'll feel why this is so special. But the Himalayas also mean, or maybe even primarily mean, right? The 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 the, the Merudanda, the top of the Himalayas, the top of the skull, top of the head. The Himalayas means the body. The Himalayas also means the world, right? But the Himalayas are lofty, so it's not just any part of the world. Right, she's born. Actually, we know as Kundalini, and the idea of Kundalini interpretation is justified because there's verses coming up that describe her as Kundalini in the body and in the world. Right, so that's part of the Divi Gita is uh, is a, a Kundalini affirming text. Right, so it's not like oh, there's no Kundalini in this text. Why are you reading Kundalini into it? We can be accused of that in the Devi in the Devi Mahatmyam. Right, we give the interpretation, we give a lot of Kundalini interpretation when the word Kundalini is not mentioned, right? But here Kundalini is mentioned many, many times. And one of the final things in the whole text is how to awaken Kundalini, right? So this is, it's, it ends with how to awaken Kundalini. We're being hinted at in the beginning. She's got, where, where is she going to be? She's going to be born in the body. But the, how, do you, how do you bring, how do you make her manifest? She's already in the body, right? How do you make her really how to, to be born in the body means to become obvious, right? She's hidden in the body right now. We need to make her obvious. The awakening of Kundalini is the birth of Parvati, right? To one who come, who is born from the mountain, right? Who comes out of the mountain, right? Who's within the mountain comes out of the mountain. So, so this body is the Himalayas, right? But they go to the top of the Himalayas, right? Which means they go, so, there's a mood of aspiration, of height. Uh, um, I think that's very beautiful. Um, they go up, right? They, you know, they call out, they call up, right? And in one sense, you could say you should be calling down and bring Ma up, but the, from the highest position, the closest you can get to, if Manidweep is also the highest heaven above, as is described, above Goloka, above, Kailash above Satraloka and Brahmaloka, 
And that's why it's called, you know, if it's that, you have to, you can't get there from here. You get there from, you go as close as you can get. You, you, you get there from as, from as close as you can get, right? So they go to the very top. So this has been interpreted as med, they're, they're meditating, they're coming, they're bringing their consciousness up and to the top of the head. And if this body is the mountain and they're at the top of the mountain, that can be interpreted, right, as beyond body consciousness, right? So this is the set, the sadhanas they're going to do is, is above body consciousness, right, at the top of the head. And if you go to the Himalayas, if, if you drive, if you go, if you drive up into the Himalayas or hike into the Himalayas, you leave the world. I mean, it's still the world, it's still solid, but you leave, you're going beyond your cares, your, your anxieties, and the higher up you go, I mean, this is my experience, right? Samaji's experience. It's you tangibly go beyond the, the uh, worldly thoughts and conceptions and and and, and identifications and, and more and more rarefied realms that seem to be even touching this world, not just metaphysical principles. It's like every every mile, every kilometer higher you go, you feel you're going you're going higher and higher into spiritual realm. But that's our experience. It's everyone's experience, many people's experience. So where do they go? Where do the guru tell us to go? Go to the Devi. I'll show you. I'll take you there. I'll go with you, the guru says, Vishnu says. And he takes, and, they, uh, and, and where do they go? They go to the, they go to the Maha Shailam Himavatam. They go to, um, 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 uh, 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 second here. Uh, they go to the, the, the top of the Himalayas. Actually, this next word, the Naga Deepam. Naga also means mountain, right? And and uh, uh, Adipam means lord or ruler, right? So that's a uh, title for somebody who controls something, but it has a subtle another meaning of like highest, right? So even though it's like they go to the Himalayas, the lord of mountain, amongst mountains, he's a lord of mountains, right? You say like that, but it's also this is a metaphor, not that you have to take it as a metaphor, also, is that Lord of Mountains means the highest mountain, the highest, the highest place. So this is again an idea that they what they're going to the top of the going to the Himalayas, going to the top of the head, going to the top of the head also means going beyond body consciousness, right? <clears throat> and that's actually where a lot of our spiritual life kind of starts, right? Uh, um, we have to get get to that point. It's not the end, it's the beginning. Right, uh, so we'll see. What do they do when they get there? Let us see. Also, before before we move, we want, where do they go? They go to the Himalaya. They go to the top of the head. It's also if you think of it, they 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 don't stay where they are. They go somewhere else. Physically, in the story, they go to the Himalayas. Right, I've done this. Right. There's a certain point where you need you're, you're having some spiritual struggle and you need some juice, you need some new inspiration. So you go on pilgrimage, you change your place and you go to a special place, not just any place. Right. Uh, you can't just and also it's like you can go to the mountains. That's wonderful. But you go to, you go to a special mountain. Himalayas is the king of mountains. Right. Um, there is there is something to retreats to special sadhanas and special places. I think that also hints a little bit at this. Right. Um, uh, Sri Ramakrishna said it many, many places, many, many times when people would ask him, what is the way we're in the world? Talk where we're in the world. What's the way for us to remember God and to make spiritual progress? 
And he'd usually come back to three or four main points. Remember God, say, sing God's name and glories all the time, discriminate or uh, discern between the real and the unreal or the temporary and the, the effort uh, and the turn, the unchanging between the substantial and the unsubstantial, this type of like that. Um, seek holy company, right? Uh, the company of sadhus and devotees, right? Uh, um, um, and then he'd say, in time to time, go into solitude, right? Go into retreat. This is what saying, going to retreat. And Swamiji, what's the term there? They, they were kind of, it's a, it's a clever way of saying the three places you're supposed to go into solitude. What is it? Oh, you lost your game. It's uh, Dan, you to meditate, you go mone kone obone. Mone kone obone. Mone kone obone. So mone means in the mind. Right? I guess that's right. Kone means in a corner. Like your corner, some hidden place in your house or something like that. And vone, obone means or a forest. What is a good place to meditate? Where to go for retreat time to time? To leave the world behind because he says thinking 24 hours a day being immersed in worldly responsibilities and thoughts these thoughts won't come right we need occasionally to to withdraw maybe not all the time he didn't say renounce the world and go to live in the forest no no but time to time you have to go into the forest and if you can't go into the forest at least go into a corner right if you can't go into a corner at least go into yourself into your mind right you can close your eyes you you know when you close your eyes so like why why close your eyes in meditation, right? What's the difference between open eyes and clo closing eyes? It's a tiny, it's, it's a, a, a 16 inch thickness of skin. And some another that's supposed to make you realize God or not realize God. It's, it's not that. We should see God as open eyes, as closed eyes, like this, right? But we close, you close our eyes and the world's gone. Well, at least the visible part of it is. You plug your ears, another fifth of the world's gone, right? Right, so we have to withdraw the mind time to time, Sri Ramakrishna says, right? So, um, and it's interesting, sometimes like, like I always take that, we have to go into solitude, and Sri Ramakrishna go into solitude, right? But sometimes we go into solitude with people, right? We go on, we go on retreat with somebody, we go, or we go to a retreat, right? Where, you, where they arrange meditation time, they bring your food and, you, and, and yoga on the beach or whatever. So some of that is like, but you can see here, they went together on retreat. They went into solitude together. They left the world, right, uh, uh, and and went. They went to a special place, right. And we've interpreted this is this is Mone, this is Vone, and this is Kone. They went to the they went to the highest mountain, the, the forest. We also interpret this. They went to um, a secret place. They went um, um, into their own consciousness, right, like this. So I don't want to move on before we. I wanted to make that point. So then, what do they do? When they get there, when they get to the retreat, when you get into your to the forest, when you get to your 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 meditation nook or meditation room or closet, right, or your little corner on the beach that you like that you like to sit to meditate, what did they do, right? Let's see what did, let's see what they did. Abha, uh, let's see if I can read it out loud here. Abhavana, abhavamaha. What did they do? All the gods, Sura, Sarve, all the gods, what did they do? Let's, uh, they did, the first thing they did is Purus Charana. So the first thing they did is the first thing you're supposed to do, 
right? So Purus Chadana, he translated as preliminary acts of worship. The opening, the first things you, they, they started with the first things. So I think that's also instructive. They started whatever the first thing you're supposed to do in your sadhana, they did the first thing they did you're supposed to do in your sadhana. The very word is Purus Chadana means the first practice, the first part of worship. Kar, kar, uh, karminaha uh, means they did rites. So what is that? So they here's the preliminary acts of worship. They did the Purus Charana Karma. The Purush, so what is Purus Charana? So that's we have to think what is Purus Charana. Purus Charana is a technical term. Purus Charana. Um, um, uh, uh, it's mentioned, I mean, it's the in the tradition of in Tantra, it's a very important idea. And in and in a category of literature called Mantra Shastra. This is texts that describe the practice and importance and details of mantras, mantra shastra, right? There is one text especially called the Mantra Yoga Samhita, right? That's a, and there's many other authoritative texts. If you want an, a little bit of an accessible version of mantra shastra, Swami Shivananda from the Divine Life Society, uh, Shivananda Ashram, he has a book called Japa Yoga, right? And, and, it's, and, and you've described, I think the subtitle is an authoritative summary of mantra shastra, right? You know, so it, it gives it gives I mean, from his perspective in the yoga tradition, but it is also from very good chapters on how to do purus charana, and and mantra shastra and is we we chant God's name, we think God's name. Maybe the guru has initiated us into a name or a mantra, and we practice that, and we do the rites that he tells or she tells us to do. That and those rites are going to be considered purus charana. We do as he tells us to do, or they tell us she tells us to do. We do purus charana. Right, uh, but that's based on a science. Mantra Shastra within Tantra is its own well-conceived system of thought uh, and practice. And so mantras, and the next two, three verses, some of them we, we may get to one more today, and there's, but there's more coming, describing different aspects of mantra sadhana, right? As per mantra shastra and tantric mantra shastra, right? Um, um, it describes uh, a mantra. The type of mantra that we recite, there's different types of mantra. There's there's mula mantras, there's bija mantras, which are seed sounds. That's very important in this text, especially the maya bija, which uh, that's a central mantra for Bhuvaneshwari. We'll mention it next week probably, because that's where it will come, uh, come up. Um, uh, different beach sounds. Om is a beach sound, for instance. Aim, Rim, Shreem, these are beach mantras. Clean. Um, um, then there's mula mantras. These are root mantras. These are the type of very often will be somebody you may be initiated into a beach mantra. You may be initiated or practice or find a mula mantra. An example of a mula mantra, Om Namah Shivaya. Mula mantras have three things to define as per mantra shastra. It has a bija, like an Om Namah Shivaya, that beach mantra is Om. It has a nama, a name. The name there is Shiva. And here in the vocative form of Shivaya, O Shiva, and it has a Kriya, right? Kriya means action. So, it, and, and there is I bow, or I worship, or I surrender, or I, 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 I. so Namaha, right? Om, Bija, Nama, Shivaya, and, and, and action, Namaha. And uh, so I bow to Shiva, right? That's a Mula Mantra. And that's a, Bija Mantras and Mula Mantras are very often the type of mantras one would recite in Puja, when we recite in Japa and Sadhana, that's a very common um, um, type, especially in Tantra. This is the specialty of Tantra. A central part of Tantra is Bij mantras and Mula mantras. But there's other mantras, Gayatri mantras, 
in our previous courses on the course on the on the, the, the Hindu goddess course we've talked about some of these things already so I'm repeating myself to some of you um, the, the uh, um, different uh, uh, a Gayatri mantra is is a glorification and prayerful mantra. It's both an operatic mantra, means glorification, as well as in, 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 in a prayerful mantra, asking for a boon, oh thou, and with these beautiful qualities, or usually at least three qualities mentioned in Gayatri mantras, and it's a meter of Gayatri, the meter, the particular meter, 24 syllables per, per verse, that's called the Gayatri meter, Chanda. Uh, um, and then it says, and usually it's like, oh, to illuminate me or purify me, very often the Gayatri mantras have that uh, form. O thou, O goddess, or Vishnu, there's, there's Gayatri mantras or many deities. There's a classic Gai, uh, Vedic Gayatri mantra called the Sabitri mantra. Om Many of you have heard this mantra. Um, um, uh, that's to the sun or to the goddess of the sun, and it's praying for illumination. And so many of these mantras, may that God, we meditate upon that divine person, we contemplate the, the, the great God, Shiva, may that Rudra illuminate me, right? Or, uh, or, or something like that. That's the that's Gayatri mantra. That's also used. This is also usually an initiated mantra that one recites according to, and then when, when, when one gets a, when one learns a mantra or any type of sadhana like that, a Bij mantra, Mula mantra, Gayatri mantra, or, 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 or verses like Yadevi, Sarva Bhuteshu, these prayer verses, called, these are called pranam mantras. There's dhyan mantras where we meditate upon the form, describing the form of the deity to be meditated upon, contemplated on. There's kavacha mantras, mantras that are done to invoke protection, right? There's um, so many different types of mantras in there. And, and puja, offering mantras and puja. But when one learns this, there's also yam niyam. We all know yam niyam from the Yoga Sutra. Right, yama niyama, and for yoga, as per the yoga sutra, we have five yamas, five niyamas. Right, uh, cleanliness, nonviolence, honesty, not acceptance of gifts. These we know that classical list is the the first two limbs or angas of the ashtanga, uh, the eight limb of yoga, as presented by Patanjali. In this text itself, later we're going to get. She will describe the Devi will describe. Yamas and Yamas, it, it will be a different list, a later list it, uh, that's come in the tantras of 10 Yamas and 10 Yamas for the practice of yoga, of yoga, Kundalini Yoga and the like. But every sadhana has Yam Niyam. Very often you'll ask when somebody gives a month, gives a sadhana, you're supposed to ask, what's the Yam Niyam? What are the, what's, how are we supposed to do it? Are there any restrictions? Example of restrictions. Oh, first, the Guru may tell you, you know, do this after taking your bath and washing your mouth, and then sit on an asana and sit and sit with your back straight, and then count. And then they tell you, oh, use your fingers, or when you're chanting on a beads, don't you know, don't chant, don't chant on this one. Start with this one, but don't use this finger. Things like that. That is yam niyam. And sometimes it could be more. It's like, oh, for this mantra, you have to be you have to be vegetarian for the time you're doing this mantra, or you can't do this mantra when you're sexually active. So this is a temporary month that you have to, you know, there's all, or, or you have to face east. Or this month that you should face, you should face south, the Kali Mantra. Or this month that you should wear an orange cloth or a red cloth. Or this month that you should be naked when you do the puja. Or just in a kopan, something. There, these are yam niyam. These are the observances, right? And usually in tantric mantras, beach mantras, mula mantras, and these mantras have yam niyam, right? So Purushcharana is in that, 
tradition of uh, a mantra shastra will give yamaniyam of, uh, is, is an aspect of yamaniyam, right? Um, so in, tantra, in, in mantra shastra, it says, I mentioned there's bij mantras, there's mula mantras, and these different types of mantras. Then mantras themselves have the, the tantric yogis and, and re, they've realized or Shiva or Devi has spoken to the tantras, these, these details. They have energetic secrets to make them living, to make them work, right? That's the idea that they're they're so they're occult, right? They're secret, they're energetic, they're they're uh, 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 um, and so it says that the mantras have a, any powerful mantra will have a bija. Every mantra has a bija, even if the bija is not obvious what the seed is. They have a shakti, an energy. Right, that uh, that that the energy of the mantra. They have a chaitanya, a consciousness of the mantra. They have a devata, a deity of the mantra. They have a chandaha. They have a which is the meter of the mantra. Right. Um, um, um. They have a rishi. A rishi is the deity or the saint or the sage that first heard the mantra or practiced the mantra or who gave or taught the mantra. That's the rishi. Like an example of this is in the Gayatri, in the Vedic Gayatri Mantra, it says Brahma Rishihi. Brahma is the Rishi. Brahma is the first person to speak and hear this mantra. Gayatri Chandaha. Gayatri is the 24 syllables per meter. It's a meter. Gayatri is the meter, right? Uh, 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 Savitra Devata, the goddess of the god sun, Savita or Savita, the goddess behind the sun is the Devata, right? Um, um, uh, 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 um. Like this, so and so, and, and then there's also a called the Vini Yoga. Vini Yoga is why the mantra is done. What's the purpose? What's its application? And so there's another type of mantra called the Vini Yoga mantra. A Vini Yoga mantra is describes all those details. It describes what the bija is, what the de, what the deity is, what the sage is, what the meter is, and why it's supposed to be done. Right? Why uh, sometimes describe what what Veda comes from. You know, all kinds of stuff it will, it will describe, but usually these are the main points, right? And also, there's also a kilakam. Kilakam means a pin, right? And a pin is something that, that here is like something like that holds something together. I sometimes imagine like a, a, um, a pin of a, of, 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 a, of a, a grenade. That's the kilakam, right? And so a grenade is a perfect example of a beach mantra. There's a something that has power. It has potential. And it's used for something. And it should, and, and you have to be really careful how you use it. And it should only be used for what you, what it's meant to be used at the right time. Otherwise, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others, or you're not, or or at least you're not going to get the result you want. The vini yoga will not be satisfied, right? You know, if you if you're trying to to you're playing with it or uh, or use it and 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 you hurt yourself and and you know that's not has no value and you didn't accomplish what it was meant to do, right? The whole secret of of of, of the um, of the of the grenade is the pin, right? So the pin, the kilikam is really important, and then so the kilikam holds the power of the mantra, right? How do you? As that means you can sit there and juggle a grenade and nothing will happen because the pin's inside of it. You can throw, you can you can hit it with. A, I mean, I wouldn't suggest hitting it with a hammer, but you hit it with a hammer, nothing will happen because of the pin. You remove the pin, and then you have to you you know you you drop it, you're in trouble, right? And if you and if you don't drop it and you just wait, you're in trouble. It's a very volatile situation, right? But the pin is all important. So to make a grenade work, 
you have to know what it's for. You have to understand its danger, its use, how to and how to engage it, and to know you have to remove the pin. How do you remove a pin of a mantra? When you remove a pin of the mantra, as per mantra shastra, this is using the language of mantra. The next three verses are the language of mantra shastra. Um, um, you have to. You have to. Um, uh, 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 you have to awaken the. You have to make the mantra alive. You have to. You have to awaken its shakti. I mentioned every mantra has a shakti, right? You, and how do you open the shakti? And and also its chaitanya, its consciousness. How do you awaken the power of a mantra, or the consciousness of a mantra, uh, or the or get the deity of the mantra, respond to the deity of the mantra, right? Is by removing the pen. How do you remove the pen, right? Purushchanana is the method to remove the pen, right? That's why it's the first thing. You have to remove a, 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 after knowing all these details, the first thing you do, move the pen and then throw the grenade, right? To use a very bad, especially in this moment, but this is the image uh, that comes to me. It's a, it's a very effective um, um, example, right? Although unfortunate in this moment in history. You move the pin. So Purushcharana is to make, is to, that is to, and so awakening the, the de, enlivening the deity, awakening the Shakti, expanding the conscious, all the, and, and uh, fulfilling the Vinayoga of a mantra. That's, all that's termed mantra siddhi in Tantra. Mantra siddhi means the, to attain the, the, the to have, to, to, to have the ability to use an awake mantra. To get the blessing, you've attained an awake mantra. So, to use the example of the, to continue on the unfortunate example of the grenade, right? How do you get a grenade to be active? So, you can, I can tell you, okay, grab it this way and pull it. To remove the safety hatch, grab it this way and pull it. With your, with your right hand, be ready, or with your left hand, be ready to throw with your right hand, right? That I can show you how to do that, right? Or I could give you, I can remove the pin and hand it to you, right? That's that. I can give it to you awake, active. I can hand you a gun that's cocked and loaded, or I can give you to and tell you how to load it, how to release the safety, how to cock it, how to use it, or I can give you to give you something fully fully loaded, or I hand you a grenade that's a pins and done may be dangerous. Right, and we mentioned tantra is esoteric and potentially dangerous. Right, that's what it, this is the thing. So, how do you awaken a mantra? So, I can I can give you I can give you something awake, or I can tell you how to awaken it. So, in the time of initiation, both things happen. You sometimes a mantra is given awake, right? Given by the 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 the, the yogi, the guru, through the tradition and his own practice, has an awake has received an awake mantra or has awakened the mantra by tapasya, by purushcharana, by his own repetition properly, right? And then gives you something living, right? Or he'll give you something and tell you, you need to do these rites and chant this mantra so many times with this yama niyama, and then you'll get mantra city. The mantra will become awake, right? You'll, and, and sometimes it's both. The other example I give you is like, if you want to get, get in, a, if you're on a bicycle, you know, and from, from you know on, on, on a flat stopped and you get on the bike, 
you can, I can tell you, a teacher, I mean, I've taught people, I mean, I've learned how to ride a bike and I've taught people how to ride a bike. You start, you know, there's many things you have to learn, but even once you learn it, you learn the technique, you got the balance, you still have to, the first few pedals, get going. once it gets going, it doesn't take much time to keep it going. So right, you, can, you can get it going or I can get you on the bike and push you. I give you a running start, right? And the pedals are spinning. Then you have to, do, all you have to do is get, get the rhythm, you know, uh, get your feet to match the pedals and keep it going. And then it's not that hard. So sometimes a month is given or a technique is given living or moving. And then you have to do, you still have to, you still have to do something. The You still have to do Purishchadana to keep, to get it going, or you're giving something and then top, and you have to do the practice to put in first a little bit more effort to get it going. What is the effort? So I'll tell you what Purishchadana is. And this is what it means to have mantra city as per tantra. And we're getting a little, this text mixes tantra and yoga and Vedanta and bhakti, right? So we it's we have the languages it gets a little bit um, 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 merged, right? And we have to pull it apart a tiny bit. Um, uh, uh, here, the language of bhakti is like, oh, we simply I'm calling out God's name out of devotion. I don't need to know uh, mantras. I don't need to know yama niyama. I don't need to know the the. I don't need to uh, to do all these rites. So they just by devotion, the name name of God is all important. It's all I love, and I say it with love and devotion. We're talking, that's true. We're talking here a little bit technical, right? Because there, there may be a reason for the technical part too. Purushadana. Um, so the classic definition of Purushadana is, let's say the month, let's say you have the, the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, right? Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya is five letters, adding Om it's six letters, Akshadas, right? So Purushcharana is minimally, you'll have to do in a systematized way with, with all kinds of restrictions, you'll chant Om Namah Shivaya 500 or 600,000 times. That is Purushcharana. So you think, how can I do that? Uh, obviously, I'll need, to, I'll need a retreat. I'll need a quiet place. They went to the Himalayas for it, right? We've done it. We've done these some of these practices. We've had to go... We have to make arrangements. Who's going to bring our food? We don't. We. I mean, I have to. I have to. I have to sit for. If I sit for five hours in the morning, then I take. A, then I take my lunch. Then I sit for another three hours, and I do that for thirteen days. You know. You know. You have to. You have to plan very systematically how how to how to get the rest rep, repetitions down. So per syllable, the minimum of a Purushcharana is a hundred thousand, right? Even of any mantra, but the proper is a hundred thousand per syllables. Right, so if like the Gayatri Mantra, Purushchana of Gayatri Mantra is 24,000, 2400,000 Mantras, right? So I know people who've done multiple Purushchanas of Gayatri. As a result, they're considered to have Siddhi of Gayatri. When they chant Gayatri, Gayatri comes in front of them. We chant Gayatri and we just get, we get distracted because we do it 10 times in the morning, 10 times in the evening, not a hundred, I mean, Purushchana, they've, 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 they've unlocked, they've removed the pin. They've worn down the pin and the conscious, the consciousness. And if it doesn't, they keep doing it. Again, they do another Purushchara. I remember once Sadhu taught us a mantra for the benefit of the temple, Kali Mantra. And he told, do Purushcharana. Right? He said, as a group, we should do it. So we were, we, we were doing it as a group. People were doing, coming in and doing 10 rounds and marking downs. So as a group, we did it. And then he told me, as a Sadhu, you should do it. So I did it over 10 days of this. Not, not the full 100,000. Not, not, it's a longer month, not 1,200,000 mantras or whatever like this, right? And then 
we should we're like oh we're exhausted not an easy thing to do you know i didn't see debbie but <laughs> she didn't come and fix our problem maybe she did but she didn't not not, not that way um uh, and then usha met that sadhu he was over 100 years old she went to india and told the sadhu oh bapu um, 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 uh, we did the, we did uh, the, the the group did as you said and uh, swamiji also did he looked good again right you know it's like it's like oh you don't ask me don't ask them about it. they give you big projects right right purushana is not an easy thing it's an austerity right hundred thousand hundred thousand times per syllable over a certain amount of days following you have to sit in one pose you can't speak in a foreign language you can't eat meat you have to be strictly celibate you can't take any type of intoxicants you can't um, 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 you can't you can't get up from your seat until your allotted number is done there's lots of rules like this right um, um, you can only eat one time a day, only sattvic food, there's no salt, you know, all these, no chili. There's all these rules, right? The yama niyama of Purusharana. Then, at, so after you've done 100,000 per syllable, right? One-tenth of that you have to do in a, as a fire ceremony. As, so you, let's say, Om Namah Shivaya, I've done Om Namah Shivaya 100,000 times, right? Over so many days. Now I have to do um, a, th- a thousand times, Om Namah Shivaya Swaha, Om Namah Shivaya Swaha, Om Namah Shivaya Swaha, into the fire. Then I have to do one-tenth that number, which means a hundred times, Tarpan, which is sprinkling of water. Right? So Om Namah Shivaya, was sprinkling, is Tarpan and offering of water. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Tarpayami, Om Namah Shivaya, Tarpayami, Om Namah Shivaya, Tarpayami. And then one-tenth of that, I have to feed Brahmins, or feed sadhus, or feed devotees, or feed ideally Brahmins in the tradition, but of course, some of the traditions are different. You have to feed orphans, you have to feed dogs, so whatever, but usually it's, it's, it's feeding one-tenth of that. So 100,000 mantras, japa, 1,000 fire ceremony, fire offerings, 100 water offerings, and 10 feedings of, of, of Brahmins or sadhus or devotees for poor people, right? That's Purusharana, per syllable, <laughs> with following strict rules, right? Why? So that the mantra becomes awake. There's a problem is that in one sense the mantra is always awake. So what's really happening? I mean, we have to we have to be careful what we say. It's the mantra that has to be awakened and purified, but we have to be purified. By so doing it, we rev ourselves up, we concentrate, we focus, right? We we become our distractions go away. We have breakthroughs. You know, I remember when I first tried to do. In my young, foolish days, egotistical days, I, I'm gonna. If I only had a kutir in the Himalayas, I can meditate 12 hours a day and do Buddhist chant like that. And God, in His infinite sense of humor—I mean, compassion—gave <laughs> me the exact situation. Gave me a kutir in the Himalayas. Some of people bringing my food, and after tw- after 20 minutes, my back hurt. And after an hour, my back screen was. I mean, and after and after a few days, I, I was going crazy, and I, I went down, had pizza. You know, I couldn't couldn't hold it. You know, like it's like you have to go through a lot of breakthroughs when you do these type of tapasyas. They're not easy, right? Um, um, it's very direct. So, but you change, right? And 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 what will happen? Because now we're we're already past our hour. So I, obviously we got we got exactly one verse into <laughs> into uh, well, I guess one and a half verses into. We'll finish with this verse here. Um, although I was prepared to talk some more things. Um, um, uh, uh, what happens with Purusharana, um, um, what, what's happening by this? You become purified, the mantra becomes awakened, and then when one has the result, this mantra city, then, one, then one's mantra sadhana starts, 
right? Like I said, you can throw hand grenades with their pins at all, all you do, you may hit somebody in the head, but it won't kill them, right? To use a bad example, you know, it's like, so it, it, it's not, it's not going to work, right? You have to, you have to do the work to get them and awaken something or purify yourself to, 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 to attain it. Then the mantras work. This is in Tantra. This is the Tantric side. The Bhakti side, we talk about the same thing in a very different way, right? So I don't want to, I'm just giving you the background for this, these three verses, right? But they did it out of Bhakti also, right? So Swami Shivananda, you can read the chapter on Purushtradana and the Japa Yoga book. It's a beautiful, it's one of the few versions where you can get it easily described and practical in English, because most of these are, Purushtradana has become, it doesn't sell well, in the in the Western yoga world, this is no everybody. I remember, you know, maybe you know that Baba Rampuri, is that Western Naga Baba. He's written some interesting books and had a pretty active on one time he was very active online. And his online community, he wanted people. Oh, he was encouraging people to chant this Mahamritan Mantra, this healing mantra. And we chant it. We've chanted, especially at the beginning of the of the of the pandemic, we were chanting this mantra. Uh, um, we were chanting this mantra. Um, and we chant, we encourage everybody to chant it. But he says the text that it comes from, the, the verse, the mantra comes from the from the Rudram, but the text that tells us to use it as Japa mantra for healing and protection and liberation, like this, to get, it says you have to get mantra city. And the process of mantra city is given. You have to get a Mithunjaya uh, 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 yantra, put it on a red cloth in the north, in the southwest, northeast corner, right? light a candle, offer flowers and certain rice, and chant every day for some bit, Purushtradana, it's tens of thousands of times a day for several months, right? Then you have the mantra awake so that you can chant it for healing, protection, and liberation. And I remember the his, he gave it very lovingly, you know, <laughs> there is a method and I'll give it openly, right? Because this mantra is so powerful and so healing, everyone's using it. So I want everybody to have it awake for people. Right, uh, and make sure you pronounce it properly. Right, uh, uh, and you know, of course, you should ever. It, it's a dangerous thing to read comments <laughs> and the arguments. Right, but it must have been a thousand comments telling people that you don't need to do this. This is all you know. It's like I, I, I can check whatever. I, why should I be to give us an easier sadhana? And he says, I've given you this month of claims to like liberate you from the birth of death, to bring the dead back to life, and you and and you don't want to spend a few hours a day over thirty days to do anything. God bless you. May Shiva bless you. Give it your best shot, right? But this is the traditional way. Buddhist Chodana is the traditional way. So let me get, uh, I'll make my closing, interesting closing point. In the, as the, as the, as these verses, next two, three verses go on, they're going to, they're going to describe various sadhanas. Very, the next verse is going to be on the, on the Devi Yajna, the, 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 a particular ceremony of worship of the Devi, that's their core ceremony. They chant Japa, they recite names, Sahasranamas, they do Nyasa, placing mantras on their body, all these tantric things, right? They do. They don't say Kirtan, but they meditate and sing God's names. Um, all these type of things they do, right? Uh, um, and then the Devi appears to them, right? So why are they doing these things? Why it was started as Buddhist Charan and they fast and they do Vrats and all these type of things for, and for not a short time, says for, for years, actually, it says for thousands of years, there are thousands of years, at least our years, right? Sadhana, these sadhanas are, are they take a long time. Vishnu said, She's right here, go to her, she's a wish fulfilling tree, right? And then Vishnu himself, what do they do? He goes with him to a retreat, 
highest point above body consciousness, and they engage in years of mantra sadhana, right? If she's right here, can't we just say, Ma, help us? We can, we can and Ma's ever gracious, you know, our, we call out longingly, or we have, a. she's not just the queen of the universe, she's our personal loving mother, right? We can, we can like that. But it doesn't always, it doesn't seem to work that way. Maybe you've noticed it doesn't always work that way, <laughs> right? Also, Ma, give me an answer. And we listen and no answer. But maybe Ma has given us an answer and we don't hear it, right? Maybe Ma has come in front of us and we haven't seen her, right? You know, that that's the thing. Maybe the answer, so I, as I was kind of, you know, creating the, the, the graphics for this, for today's talk, a story came to me. I, re I remember some Fami Chetananda, he knows this, he told the story of a sadhu he knew, or a story that he knows, a Ramakrishna Mission monk. He was an older monk. This was a while back when TB was a major uh, killer before the vaccines or like this happened. And in India, a lot of people died from TB. And um, 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 the, this old sadhu, they didn't quite tell him that he had TB, right? But they sent him kind of against his wish was an attendant brahmachari to a, 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 one of the Ramakrishna Mentor centers. They sent him to this one center. And as he got there, he wasn't well. He was already coughing and things like this, right? And he saw the sign, Ramakrishna Mission TB Clinic, right? Because they do a lot of these work. And he realized, oh, I have TB, right? And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was for the most part, at his age, a death sentence, which means he's going to most likely die from TB. So when he got there and he had a brahmacharya's attendant taking care of him, right? And so he... He, 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 first thing he did, he, he, he went into his room, right? And he locked the door. He says, bring me only one meal a day. Maybe a pure like kitchri, some vegetarian kitchri like this, right? And nobody bothered me. And for many, many days, he just did, he sat in meditation and did japa. Thousands and thousands, hours and hours a day. He was a disciple of Holy Mother, a direct disciple. This is an important point, right? And before Holy Mother died, Holy Mother told him, right, if you ever have a problem and you need to contact me after I'm gone, right, now you can just come to me, talk, Holy Mother, this is my problem, fix it, right, but if after I'm gone, if you need my answer, you need my blessing, this is what you do, so he was doing what Holy Mother herself told him to do, fast, close the door, right, uh, 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 control your food, sit in a proper position and do so many thousands of the month that I gave you, like this, right. Right. So Swami Chaitanya telling the story, the reason this is that her answer is not at this level of consciousness. Right. He needed to raise his level of consciousness by this extra sada, not just his daily 15 minutes in the morning, bow to talk or do your work in the, in, in the mission, bless the devotees, give good advice in the evening, 10 RIT chanter, 15, 20 minutes, japa and go to bed. This is beautiful. What a beautiful life that is, right? A whole life, holy life of, of sadhana and meditation and service. But that's not enough. If you need my answer, if you need my direct answer, you have to raise your consciousness to my level, Holy Mother's level, her disembodied level, not like just her in the village. You can go and talk to her, right? Right. And so he, so, so that's the, he had to raise his consciousness. This is what they're doing. They're raising their consciousness so that they can see Ma. She's, she's in Manajip and she's right here. She's going to be born in the Himalayas. They're in the Himalayas. 
right? She's going to be able to be manifest. So she's already there. They're not, they don't see her yet. She's already answering their, their questions. They, they don't hear her yet, right? They have to, they have to raise, um, uh, dramatically raise the level of their consciousness. Even the fact going to the Himalayas, the top of the Himalayas, they have to go beyond body consciousness minimally, right? That's where it starts. So beautiful. And I mean, you get emotion, I get very emotional thinking of the story that what he, when he had a vision of Ma, he had a vision of Holy Mother. Um, and he says, what is it with you? And he asked a boon, right? And his boon was not, right, um, let me survive TB, right? This is, the, this is the nature of a real, he was a real sadhu. He wasn't let me survive TB. He's an old man. He's lived his life, right? I think he even said, I'm an old man. I've lived my life, <laughs> right? You know, I think he actually told something. I'm an old man. I've lived my life, right? Uh, but that brahmachari is young. Right? He still has a lot of life in front of him and many spiritual practices in front of him. Please bless that he doesn't get TB because he's a serving him. You know? And you can see this is, a, this is the nature of a real holy person. His real prayer was completely selfless. Right? And even the, the gods, in the, in, you'll see in, this, in, these, in the story, the gods, their prayer is, not, is, is selfish. They want their position back. Right? But it's also selfless. It's for the good of the world, not just their good. Right, but then when they actually see her, their consciousness is not at the level of oh my god, there's uh, my uh, um is bothering us. At that level, there's no Tadakasuda. Tadakasuda is not bothering them. They're high in the Himalayas and with having an infinite pillar of light turned into Devi and ask for and offering a boon. Right, so they forget to ask for the boon. Right, they said we want to see you. You know, it's just completely beyond. They they go beyond their selfishness. So this is the thing: is that our sadhanas. We raise ourselves, right? And this is the theme in the, throughout the Devi Bhagavatam. The gods, sages and gods, when there's trouble, they do tapasya and they raise their consciousness. And then they have a vision or an audition or a realization of the Devi who gives them either instructions or a blessing or a boon or just the highest level they give. She gives them union with her essential being, experiential union with her essential being. So we'll see as, as these verses unfold next week. Uh, how, 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 what the next thing they do. So let's read that. Let's just recap that verse. Um, these two verses. Thus, enjoining all the gods and accompanied by his wife, the great Vishnu, as chief of the gods, set forth at once with his fellow lords, with the Devas. He came to that great rocky crag, Himalaya, the lord of mountains. And all the gods commenced the Purushcharana Karma, the preliminary rites of worship. So we'll leave it there tonight. Thank you for your kind attention. Sri Guru Maharaji Ki Jai, Mahamai Ki Jai, Swamiji Maharaji Ki Jai, Bhuvaneshwari Devi Ki Jai. Any comments or questions? One thing, Guru Jai. Yeah. I've been thinking while listening. And, um, talking about Purushcharana and Japa and them going to the Himalayas. And rem it reminds me when in the Bhagavad Gita, because it always was always interesting to me in the 10th chapter where mm -hmm. Krishna as Bhagavan is saying, he's identifying himself as I am the sapidity in water. I am this. And of course, the, you were talking about how you're glorifying the Himalayas and made me think of this verse. Yes, yes. And where he says, among the movable things, Stavaranam Himalaya, I'm the Himalayas. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But it was always right before that mm-hmm. is Japa. Mm-hmm. He identifies himself as Japa. Yajnanam yep. Japa Yogyasmi Stavaraj Stavaranam Himalayaha. So yeah. I thought it's interesting that, that juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thought it was strange to jump from Japa than Himalaya. But mm-hmm. here they go perfect. Yeah, no, it's a, that that that's a, a very wonderful wonderful connection, right? That verse, what is it? Yagnosmi Japa. What is it? Um, I don't have the. Um, I know the verse, but it's um Japa, Japa verse. Yagnosmi. Yag yag yag. I have Japa Yogyasmi. Yagnosmi, yeah. So among amongst yagyas, among sacrifices, I am Japa. Now the Devi Yagya that's going to be described has its, its own rites, right? But the core of it, as we've already seen, is japa, right? Is, ma- is mantras, right? And so in the Gita, there's an interesting one, one holy man, and he was very much pounding the importance of japa, right? And the holy name, right? And he used uh, to us, right? So we don't get distracted because we love all this. We love all the other stuff too, the problem, all the cool mantras and mudras and things, you know, we love all that stuff, you know. But he says that's in pranayama and yoga, like that. He says, that's okay, right? But it doesn't say, I am pranayama right i he says i am japa right so it's a very important thing he says that 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 and then in the preview also among syllables i am om right now they're showing that he's mantra you know and then that sadhu told us that if you build a if you want a brick house you should build it with bricks if you use wood to build a house you end up with a wood house not a brick house it's really simple right and so Krishna in this is God in the Gita, right? And he's saying, if you want, if that I am mantra and I am the practice of japa, among sadhanas, by saying amongst yajna, he's saying among sadhanas, I am japa. Among sounds, I am om, which is mantra, right? So this is a very um, uh, 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 secure way to know you're progressing spiritually towards God when he himself says, or she herself says, right? I am the repetition, I am this sadhana. You want a brick house? Use bricks. Use mantra. Use japa. So this is very much on my orientation. So if we give we're a little heavy-handed on the japa part. This is what you get with us. You know that's that's ultimately the, our, our our core. Personally, our my my our core interest and in what started me on my spiritual life is japa, and I hope that's we the end also. Um, because actually, on the time of death, I can't do pranayama, I can't do visualization, I can't do mudras and do puja. The time of death, I can do mantra, right? That's the that's the thing you can hold on to, you know. But it's not easy the time of death to do mantra. You have to practice. You have to have mantra city, right? Or at least have enough devotion that, that the name of God's the last thought. And that only happens if it's your if it's at least if it's not your only thought, which it should be, at least your primary thought. Right, in order to be your last thoughts, all very but these all verses from the Gita, also, you know, many of you know more than we do on this. Um, yeah, month, month is very important. <clears throat> so, anyways, correct. <laughs> Thank you, Zami. Any other comments or questions? Um, 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 um. This is good. <laughs> Either you're all like, okay, I'm out of here. This is horrible. Or, oh, it was so good. I already left the speech. Yeah.
<laughs> good, 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 good. Well, good. This is very, very fine. <laughs> we wish everyone. Uh, 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 my, my. Of course, we're trying to investigate what these verses say, but this, these verses are for. These aren't just about what a book says. This is about what we're supposed to do. So hopefully, something in here can inspire us. And, and uh, uh, from these verses, all these verses about about Nama and Japa and Yasa, my first. I mentioned that the first classes I ever gave, first lectures I ever gave, was on Devi Gita many, 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 many years ago. I don't know. How you? I, I'm not good at dates, and I don't have that linear sense of time. I don't remember when I started. Um, um, but I remember one of the talks when we came to to this. I just spontaneously started talking about the importance of japa and then the importance of kirtan, because practically speaking, this time the yagya, devi yagna, is doing yasa and, and and like recitations like that. But Sri Ramakrishna and Sri Chaitanya, and then the modern ages was Anandamay Ma and Nikhil Babaji. They focus a lot on on kirtan. Right, so that is kirtan yajna. It's like japa yajna. Is japa is the sacrifice of the sage? So kirtan is a sacrifice. And so that got me inspired to speak about kirtan. That eventually, that it turned out to be not a bad ranting. It was a little bit ranting and raving, I have to admit. So we 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 transcribed it, and then eventually that got published in some magazines, and it's also a chapter in our book in the in the um, Return to the Source, the chapter on kirtan. Is from it's me going on a on a on a um, on a on a unhinged rant from a Devi Gita from these verses from Devi Gita many years ago. So I did a little better this time. I remember when Usha we we were about we were going to send this transcript. Usha, let me look at it first. <laughs> and she took out some names, and you know, I was in a I was in a fiery mood. <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna lose friends. <laughs> cleaned it all up, and okay, the general principles, but not the not, not the what was happening in the in 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 the in the in the uh, spiritual world at the moment. You know, I was I was a little bit fired up. But if you're interested, because we won't probably give that talk again next week. Um, we, I want to stay closer to the ver stay a little bit more moored a little bit to the verses at hand. But if if you're if you uh, I think that it may be on the Cyberduni website also. I think that there's a link to that article that's based upon these verses in relation to the importance of kirtan and how to make kirtan. Kirtan also has yam niyama. It also has certain principles that makes it work. So how to make kirtan also work is also there. So Haryom Tatsat. All right, dear ones. Good night. All blessings. Be healthy, happy. See you next week. Thank you for the inspiration. I came in late, but I need I got just what I needed. Good, good. 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 Jai Ma Good night. <laughs>